0: To him who is weary, he awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as they learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Let us pray. And so, Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that even as we have recited that scripture, let it be true to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Tonight, we'll be talking about navigating the ancient landmark. And um, how many of us have been at a crossroad before? You got to a place and it looked like, um, okay, let's even start from, on your way to church tonight, did you get to any stop sign? Yeah. And did you just drive through or you had to stop? You had to stop. And that's the same way our lives are. We get to crossroads and we have to pause and consider who needs to go first. Uh, When Dan used to drive and he's driving, we get to the stop sign. He probably didn't pay attention to who got there first and so he's waiting more. And I'm saying, no, we got there first, let's go. But because he's the one behind the wheel, he decides when He chooses to go. So sometimes those other people who got there after us get to pass. I usually don't let that happen to me because I try to go at the right time. So tonight we're going to be talking about how to navigate those ancient landmarks. For some of us, I know we have a lot of older people here. The youth are over there, so they are not privy to this conversation. But I know sometimes your kids say, well, that's old school when i start to say some things to my kids they say mom we've heard it before you said that's how it was that's how it was uh, but this is today but was there something wrong with the old way we did things i don't think so so if there was nothing wrong with it why are we changing it there's a phrase that says if it's not broken then you don't need to fix it so why are we changing it what's different, because even if we bring that back to the church, you hear certain sermons, certain preaching, and you're wondering, okay, what was wrong with the old one? Nothing was wrong with it. And we find ourselves, uh, because the devil knows that he can't just come up to a child of God and say, uh, go still, or go do this. So it's a gradual process. He starts to push you a little bit, and you say, well, it's okay, I can do that, and that's okay, that's fine, let's, let's, uh, let's do it, before you find yourself in the very, very wrong path. Um, personally, I've been at multiple crossroads in recent times, and just like I used to tell Dan, we got there first, you go, I heard so many voices, many people saying, this is how you should do it, you shouldn't have done it this way. This is how you should do it. But the ultimate question is, what is God saying to you? So if you can't hear God at a crossroad of your life, I want to encourage you to stop and seek God because it's going to make a whole lot of difference. Pastor Angela saw me this evening and saying, oh, I haven't, Talk to you for a while. How are you doing? Are you feeling okay? I said, Do I look okay? She said, You're looking good. I said, Exactly. Because I got to my crossroad and I had to really put brakes on everything around me and seek God. And I think that's what God wants us to do. So tonight we're gonna talk about how to navigate those ancient landmarks, navigate those ancient paths, those paths that everybody feels. It's too old to navigate, but they are the right path. That's the only path that we have. So tonight, I'll start with the definition of navigate. I know we are all educated. To navigate is to is to find a way through something, to go from one point to the other. You kind of figure out how to get there. GPS has made it a lot easier. So these days, before you, you could say, oh, when you get to... Cluge. when you get to this turn right but now you don't need i just put the address on in fact these days i don't even need to put the church address the gps already knows i go to church on wednesday i don't know if you guys have noticed and it just starts to direct you even if you're not coming to church it starts to tell you oh you're going this way and you know so uh to navigate is to go through a path, to go through a road from one point to the other. And ancient people would say "Is antique, it's dateless, it's old-timer, it's old. It's, and the kids would say it's not fashionable anymore. <laughs> but there's one thing that remains fashionable. It's ageless, it remains the same, and we'll see how it remains the same. Let's open to Jeremiah 6:16. 6, and I, I want to read it from both uh, the message and uh, King James Version. And of course, you, we all know that boundaries are things that we put in place like stones, like tree, and make that a landmark, like this street signs that we have those are like landmarks to say and back in Africa I don't know about here I still wonder but I know they have a way of knowing that my yard ends here and another not just the fence I'm sure it's beyond the fence because if not I could pull down my fence and put a new fence and move it to, the other, to my neighbor's place, but I'm sure that there is something in the system, in the government, in Harris County that says, Gladys, this is where your land stops. Those are like landmarks. So it's to know where one boundary, it's like a boundary for, from one place to the other. Jeremiah 6.16, and uh, in the message it says, God's message yet again. Who's speaking? God. So let's listen. It says, go stand at the crossroads and look around. Ask for directions to the old road, the tried and true road, then take it. Go to the crossroad. When you get there, ask for the tried and tested road, the true road, the only road, god is the one speaking so it wasn't jeremiah just talking god was telling the people of israel and like he's telling us tonight that at the crossroads of our lives it could be the crossroad of your health it could be the crossroad of your grandchildren it could be the crossroad of your children it could be the crossroad of your career it could be the crossroad of anything that you're going through whatever it is because i'm sure that just as our faces are different here the issues that are at our crossroads are all different uh i can't say because i'm going through whatever i'm going through that's the same thing pastor larry is going through no we're all going through our own different crossroads but he says at that crossroad he says ask for directions that is don't assume that this crossroad I have to do the same thing I did yesterday with the crossroad that I met with. No, it's a new crossroad, and you've got to stop to ask God, which way do I go? He says, and it's the tried and true road, which means there are false roads. There are roads that are wrong. There are roads that will not get you anywhere. But the enemy makes it look enticing and you want to go on that road because it's wider, it's, uh, it's freer, supposedly freer, like the freeways. Oh, I'm going to get there in five minutes instead of going through the old and true road. But God is calling us to go to the tried and true road. It says, then take it discover the right route for your souls i didn't want to read the last part but hear what the people of israel said but they said nothing doing we aren't going that way they told they told god to his face we're not going to listen to you you're just Speaking your own word. Of course, they thought Jeremiah was speaking for himself. But Jeremiah was speaking the word of God. The Bible says that God's message yet again. So it gives me an idea that he had said something to them before. They were not listening. But God is so merciful. He came back again and said, I am saying, find the true path and follow it. Let's read it from King James. It says, "Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see... And ask for the old path. Where is the good way? And walk therein. It's not enough for us to just ask. He expects us to walk in that path. That true and tested path. He said, walk therein and you shall find rest for your soul. So, if I walk in the true path, who benefits from it? If I walk in holiness, who gets the benefits? Is it God or me? If I walk in truth, who benefits? I tell people, if I sin against God, I'm the one that gets the punishment. If I live a holy life, I'm the one that gets the profit from living a holy life. So he's, he's advising and instructing me, saying, find the old path. Find the way and follow it when you follow it you can't miss it you're gonna to get to the right destination because god has a plan for our lives god has a purpose and so when you're going through things and that's why he's saying at that crossroad stop to ask questions which way do you go because if you don't i'm telling you people will supply you ideas they and they don't in fact there are some people after they finish supplying the ideas and i say okay but what does the bible say about it, it say, My sister, forget the Bible. I'm telling you, this is so unfair. This is not right. This is what you should do. But the ancient path, what is God saying? That's why you've got to hear God for yourself. And some people say, I can't hear God. I don't know God. I don't know God like that. I need a prophet to tell me. Brethren, this one is the way. You don't need that prophet that you're thinking. is going to tell you what he or she feels. And at the end of the day, that person might not be leading you in the true path. That's why you need to hear God. And I say, I'm not a bastard. I'm a child of God. So when I pick up the word of God, God knows where I am. I'm telling you, even when you're clicking on messages online and all that, God knows where you are. When you come to church, have you been to church before? The pastor is preaching. You're hearing one thing, especially if you are a family that comes to church together. Same message. The pastor preached. Same message. And then you guys get home or get in the car and you're trying to talk about the message. And maybe your spouse is saying, "Ah, this is what I heard. And you are saying, "Ah, that's what I heard from the same message. Because God knows where you are. So as the pastor was preaching, he was hitting you with what he needed you to hear. So that's the same way when you go, whether online or you open your Bible to read, God knows where you are. The same scripture will be interpreted in a different way to you because that's what you need to hear. So God does not have bastards as children. He talks to us. Every single one of us. If you open the word, or if you think about the word, you meditate on it. He will speak to you. Amen. And um, Proverbs twenty-two twenty-eight, which is a popular scripture, it says, "Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set." <laughs> And I I think I'm going to be using this a lot with my kids because this is really hitting me. So don't tell me I'm old school because this is what the Bible says. It says, remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. So we need to follow them. It says, seest thou a man, I mean that's another verse. It says, seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings, he shall not stand before mean men. Praise God. So, who or what is this ancient path that we're talking about? Who is he? Or what is it that is the ancient path that we're talking about? John 14, verse 3 to 9. Jesus was speaking. He says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know. And the way ye know. <laughs> then Thomas, my good friend, said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? He was asking for the way. He was asking for the ancient path. He was asking, How, how am I going to know the way? We don't know where you're going. Or you're just, not this one you're doing, we are just seeing you do miracles. You're doing stuff. But we don't even know where you're going. Explain to us, where are you going? And he was being sincere that's what he felt he told jesus like that and jesus expects us to say that when we don't know the way we should ask him because that's what the scripture says it says ask for directions to the old road to the tried and true road jesus said unto him i am the way the truth and the life so when you get to that crossroad remember that jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. There's a song I used to teach the children in children's church. One way God said to get to heaven. Jesus is the only way. No other way. No other way to go. Jesus says unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the father. You mean after all this explanation, somebody is still asking, show us the father. And it suffice us. Show us so that we can be content that yes, what you're saying is true. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you? And ye has not known me, Philip. So that means Jesus was expecting Philip to know him. Jesus expects us to know him. And sometimes we get into some situation that it looks like we don't even know God anymore. We start to question the things that we knew before. And we start to say, okay, God, I mean, somebody said something to me. And I said, really? She said, I think you made a mistake here. I mean... If I made a mistake there, that's upending my whole life as I know it. So then I I got back home and I said, Okay, God, if I made a mistake in this choice, so you watched me make the mistake, how? You couldn't have allowed me. I've been your child for a while now. And that was a major decision in my life. So I don't understand it. And the scripture, all things work together for good, to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. You are called according to my purpose and everything that has happened to you is working together for your good. So that gave me peace. But guess what? Somebody was already trying to show me a path, a new path that would make me question the work of God even in my life. Don't let anybody question what God is doing with you. It might look like it's painful, whatever it is you're going through. But as long as you know that you're a child of God, you belong to Jesus, stay put right where you are because he's going to walk you through it. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The three Hebrew boys, they were thrown into the fire. God didn't tell them, you know, but they were were so determined. They said, oh, King, we are not careful to answer you. Concerning this matter, we are not careful to answer you. So if we, the God that we serve is able to save us, but peradventure He chooses not to, we're ready to die for Him. So as a Christian, you have to get to a place where you say, "I don't care what you're doing, devil, because I have made up my mind to serve the Lord all the days of my life." A friend gave me an analysis. I think the lady who did my hair on Sunday. She said, "It's too late." Sister Gladys, it's too late. He said, I'm on a flight already and I'm going from America to Nigeria. He said, it's too late. I can't tell the pilot to stop me in the middle of the ocean. He said, so the flight I'm in now, I'm going to heaven. He said, so I'm already on that flight. There's nowhere to stop. I can't stop this flight. He said, so no matter what the devil is throwing at me, this flight must land in heaven. I said, I have never looked at it that way. I said, I said, true. He said, if you even tell the pilot, they'll say you're crazy. He said, and the pilot now is the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to heaven. Let the devil keep doing whatever he's doing. I laughed. I said, I said, you are so, so sold out. He said, my dear, you have to be. And truly, you have to be. People might look at you and say you're crazy. Um... Our pastor, Pastor Goodluck, passed in October and Pastor Angela is here jumping and preaching and somebody's looking at her like, is she crazy? She's not even... Ah, she should have been. Oh, they look at her like crazy. But this boat has sailed. The ship is going. And the devil has no no place. The devil has no place. She's not giving him any room. And that's how we should be. We have to get to a place where... No room for the devil. We are going all the way. So Jesus already said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So that is the path, the old path. And there's nothing wrong with that path. So whenever you get to a crossroad, ask Jesus, which way do I go? What should I be looking at? What should I be focused on? And he will speak to you. I'm telling you, if you're quiet, if you keep still, he will speak to you. You stand still, He would speak to you. Let's look at... Um, and some people will say, Oh, Jesus came in the New Testament. So let me, let me just say this. John 1.1. The scripture says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. That settles the question whether he is the old part. He's the ancient part. Before anything was created, He was there. So in the beginning, He was there. So in case somebody is questioning, Oh, okay, this one, she's just saying, Jesus is the way. He has always been the way from the beginning. And as long as you're following Him, you will not miss it. So we're going to look at two people and see how they could have missed it, but they chose not to miss it. I'm just going to look at two people Um, before I get to the two examples, let's look at how do we walk in the way. How? Because sometimes we're wondering, how do we actually walk in the way? It's easy to say, let's walk in the way. How do you walk in the way? You walk in the way by pressing. You've got to push into Him. It's not enough to just say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, um, speak in tongues for two minutes, and say, okay, You've got to press. You've got to press. Let me, at that point, let me even take the story of the woman uh, with the issue of blood. We're going to read that scripture before I go back to other ways we can we can walk in that way. Uh, Mark chapter 5, 25 to 34. If we could have that up, that would be fine. But I can read it from here as well. It says, And a certain woman, some woman, nameless woman, faceless woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years. Do you know what that means? That means she probably was weak. She didn't have any energy. She she was totally wasted. I'm sure by this time her marriage was already over because I don't know if she had kids. The Bible didn't say anything. So if she was bleeding every day, I doubt that she could be pregnant. I don't think so. If she was bleeding every day, that means she probably, in the Old Testament church or uh, synagogue, I think there were things like, if you were bleeding, you couldn't even come into the synagogue. So she couldn't fellowship with other brethren. But the Bible records that she heard about Jesus going. It says, and had suffered many things, verse 26, of many physicians, And had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse i think i'm familiar with this to some extent i'm telling you when (laughs) when you go to the doctor and they say you have high blood pressure that's where it started from they give you one medicine after a while they give you a second one they say okay Uh, that medicine or maybe they say oh that one is causing some side effects okay take this one to counter that side effect okay you go another day it's diabetes so you're seeing two different doctors now your primary care doctor you're seeing your diabetic doctor you're seeing your cardiologist you're seeing your um neurologist before they say okay there's a stroke you're seeing this you're seeing that your kidney doctor you're seeing different doctors Guess what? Most insurance, except you hit the deductible, you're going to be paying copay for all those doctors. This woman was totally wasted. She had spent all her money, everything she had, she had finished. And of course, because she didn't have energy, so I don't think she was very productive anymore. All her savings was gone, trying to get a hold of this bleeding. But she didn't get that hold. If She was still sick anyway. When she had, the Bible says, but rather grew worse. So instead of the doctors and the medication, I'm not against medicine. You all know I'm a nurse, so I, I give people medicine. I take medicine when I need to. This woman, her issue grew worse. Have you been in that situation? When... There's no solution. You're seeking, it might not be sickness. You're seeking help from here. You're seeking help from there. There's no, okay, maybe you are in debt. You're borrowing one money from bank, personal loan to pay credit card. To, that's a crossroad. It says the situation grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, she heard of Jesus. There used to be a hymn, I don't know if it's in English, but I used to sing it in Yoruba, that Jesus is passing by today. Today, he is passing by. That anybody that can hear him, he will save them. The woman heard that Jesus, the Bible says when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. She did not just come with the intention to touch anybody else. She was not there to just be in the crowd and walking. She came with a determination that she must touch the way. She must touch Jesus. She was not there to touch the apostles or the disciples or the friends. So she kept pushing. Remember, she was a very weak woman at this point. She didn't have the energy to push. But she gathered all her strength and said, I must press in. So she began to press. She pressed and pressed And pressed until... Can you imagine the throng of people following Jesus? She pressed and she had a determination. And she touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible records that Jesus stopped at the touch of that woman. And a problem that was like 12 years old... The woman had been bleeding for 12 years. The problem that was already 12 years old, without a solution, she had wasted all her money. If she knew that Jesus was going to come by and she was going to get her healing, I'm sure she would have kept her money in the bank. But Jesus was passing. She was not discouraged and saying, I've tried everything. I don't have the energy. I can't get there. I can't." I mean, the crowd will not let me get there. She was focused on Christ. She was focused that she was going to get to Jesus anyhow. She was not careful to say, I'm going to get to Jesus so that everybody will know that I got to Jesus. No. She was going to get to Jesus by herself in secret, and she was going to touch that hem. And when she did, the Bible records that the blood ceased. She ceased to be sick, she ceased to to be in debt. She sees, her her children began to look, I mean, if she had kids, I'm just exaggerating that. They began to, if they were not following God before, they began to follow God. Whatever it was, she was at a crossroad, got a solution, got an answer. And the interesting part is that Jesus noticed. Jesus knew that she had sought the way. Jesus knew that she had touched him. Jesus knew that something, virtue came out of him. In the middle of that crowd. So I don't care how many people are calling on Jesus. He's hearing you. Call on him. He will answer you. Don't wait for another person to make that call. You call on him. He will answer. He's not a man that you should lie. It says, call upon me and I will answer you. It says, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes... I shall be whole. She made up her mind. She was going to be whole if she touched Jesus. What did she hear about Jesus? She heard that Jesus is the way. What did she hear about Jesus? She heard that people were getting healed. And she determined that her own case would not be different. She was going to get her answer when she comes in contact with Jesus. Verse 29. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself. So when you touch Jesus, he knows. It's not pretending that you touched him. When you touch him, it's not just by complaining about your situation. When you indeed focus and touch him in your prayers, in your thanksgiving, in your offering, in everything that you're doing for Jesus... He knows you have touched him. And immediately, he stood still and said, and he turned. He said, who touched my clothes? Of course, the disciples were laughing. And his disciples said unto him, thou seest this multitude thronging you. You see everybody coming to you and you are asking who touched. It's like, are you out of your mind? They just couldn't say that, but that's exactly what they were meaning by this. And he looked round about to see her. He identified her even before she declared herself. And her that had done this thing. So Jesus knew when the touch occurred. He knew what had happened. But he was asking to see if the woman would testify. But the woman fearing and trembling. Knowing what was done in her. Came and fell down before him. And told him all the truth and he said unto her daughter thy faith had made thee whole go in peace and be whole of thy plague so it was a plague it was an attack but she needed to press through that crowd i just want you to envision the crowd just imagine the crowd of people even sometimes when people gather around pastor angela greeting her it's hard for you to say hello so imagine that Jesus of Nazareth was walking past. And there, was so, there were so many people following him. This woman kept pushing. You've got to push. You've got to push. And you push praying. You push reading the word. You push standing on the word. Even when it looks like the situation doesn't look right. It looks like the things are not looking right. You, if you keep looking at the picture of your situation, you will not push. You've got to push because you know the word of God that gives you assurance that this is the way. Walk in it. You know that the word of God is true. it cannot lie. Then you stand upon that word. Even when it doesn't look like anything to you. That woman was still bleeding when she was pushing. She was weak, but she was pushing. And she was telling herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Imagine, she only touched the hem of his garment and she was made whole. Twelve years' sickness. Only the hem of it. Can you imagine if she gave him a hug? What would happen to her? What would happen if she had actually been... I mean, I I don't know what would happen, but just the hem of his garment could create a reversal to 12 years sickness? Brethren, what are you touching? Which way are you walking in? What path are you walking in? Have they told you that, oh, looking at the situation now, um, I was talking to a few friends on my new job and they said they said when you you look at the things that are happening around you sometimes you just feel that God God is not near God can't hear you there's nothing like that if you actually sincerely it doesn't matter how you like to pray, whether you like praying, sitting down, standing up, lifting up your hand, whatever it is, the connection is to make that connection with the way, with the truth, with the life. When you make that connection, He makes a way for you. He makes sure that your need is met. That woman made the connection. He, she pushed and pressed. So you've got to press. That's what I was saying. You press towards the mark. You press towards the mark and that mark that path is jesus that path is jesus you're going to press into that way and when those landmarks are there you're not going to deviate so when people are even saying go and do it this way do it that way what is god saying to you that's your question to yourself and nobody can answer that for you no prophet no pastor You've got to answer it yourself. I just told you now that pastor could be preaching. Even as I'm talking to you now, you're probably hearing something different from even what I feel about this word. And that's what God wants you to hear. But the bottom line is, He is the way. He is the ancient path. He is that old path that we need to walk in. You pray. Luke 18.1 says, Men ought always to pray. That's how you walk in the path. You pray, you press, you pray, you press, you pray. You got to walk in that path. Oh, okay. Praise God. Another scripture that I want us to look at. Okay, Ephesians 5:15. It says, "See then that ye walk circumspectly." That's the word. You walk cautiously. That is, you are aware of the of the enemy trying to. Because the enemy does not really want the will of God to occur in your life. So, he throws distractions at you. Things that will make you derail from following God. So that he can accuse you and say, Oh, he's not following God. Why do you want to bless him? He's not listening to you. Look at the way you said he should go. Meanwhile, he's the one that distracted you. So, he says, Walk circumspectly. I wrote down cautiously, carefully, discreet in the face of danger. That's the dictionary meaning of circumspectly. You walk cautiously, so you want to be mindful of where you are. It's like having landmines everywhere, and there's only one path to go that you will not get blown up. So you want to walk cautiously so that you don't deviate. And the only way you're going to walk cautiously like that and actually get to where you need to get to is to follow that way, the old way, the old path that ancient path that people are discarding because they're trying to bring so many things into it telling you oh jesus understands jesus sin is okay oh that's not sin oh you're living with your boyfriend that's not sin. you people are going to get married after all so at the end of the day yeah you guys can come together and that's okay it is not okay sin is sin and jesus already gave us assurance that sin I mean, he will not have dominion over us. So you have power over sin. Don't tell me... Go online and see some things that people say. A girl was talking yesterday, some things happened in Nigeria and people started talking about um, married men, side chick, second wife, and all that crap. And a girl boldly, a young lady boldly speaks up and says... I have dated three married men, and it was okay. And I'm looking, am I, am I dreaming? Because it looks like, and she was talking about it freely. The guy who was interviewing her, she was saying things, and I'm like, am I in an alternate world? So she's comfortable declaring that she's with people's husband, and it was okay. And she said, oh, I, one almost left the wife for me, and you would have been glad for that. So, we are in a world where people are beginning to call sin good. And good that we know is sin. In fact, if you talk too much now, they say, you're judgmental. You're judging. Jesus did not judge. Brethren, the world we are in now is saying sin is good. It's okay. The children, if you ask them, my my boys told me the other day, they say, Mom... You're complaining about us this generation said i'm already scared for my kids <laughs> these boys are just 21 they're already scared for their own kids when they come It's that right because what we are seeing now people don't think uh, the word of god is anything they begin to try all sorts of things that gets them in trouble so we would always have the world evolving into whatever they say they want to evolve into. But the old and tried path, the true path, is still Jesus. It's ultimately Jesus. Jesus is not going to change. He's ageless. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He's not going to change because of me. He's not going to change because of you or because of the next generation or the next generation. He remained the same. The song we sang tonight said Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. He is not changing for anyone. There's nothing you're going to build that is that is outside of that cornerstone that is going to stand it would all be tried and when it's tested it's not going to stand if it's not on christ he's the only way let's look at another scripture which i think may apply to some of us in here luke chapter 4 37 to 39 the healing of peter's mother-in-law when i read this scripture i i said god I am so awed by the way these guys took him he says verse thirty seven and the fame of him, the fame of Jesus, went out into every place of the country round about, and he arose out of this this was after several miracles and all that he was Jesus was just busy. I was looking at all the miracles jesus he was busy just healing the sick some of them even the bible says that nobody left there without being healed he just healed them i don't know whether they were born again but he just healed them the fact that they were in that meeting everybody got healing they went home and if you read about the apostles too handkerchiefs were being taken from there and taken to the sick people the bible didn't record that those sick people were born again but the fact that the people who were taking the handkerchief to them they were saved and they believed that healing could happen. The centurion got healing for his child. Everybody was getting healed. Jesus was just giving healing as um, Santa Claus would give gifts to the kids. He didn't, you came into his presence, you got healed. You didn't have a choice. He says, and his fame was everywhere. Everybody heard about him. Everybody knew about him. He says, verse 38, and he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. Maybe she had the flu. She was very sick. The Bible says, where I'm going to is, and they besought him for her. Do you know, Peter was like Jesus' right-hand man. So he, he could have said, oh, that's Jesus in my house. Okay, we're always hanging out together, healing the sick. I mean, this is my house. Let him be free. Let him relax. He's here. Let him give him food. Give him food. And then they are gisting and talking all these things. The Bible says they besought him. So it was a deliberate thing. They went to Jesus to say, Hey, my mother-in-law is sick. You are here. She needs healing. So don't get too familiar with Jesus that you cannot tell him what's going on with you. Don't get over familiar maybe with your pastor that you cannot share what you need prayers for don't get too familiar with jesus peter and his wife and the mother-in-law they didn't allow that to disturb them if anybody you would have said ah, jesus can see her now she's lying down on the bed uh, if he wants to heal he can heal no you need to go and press in and talk to not complain Talk to Jesus about your crossroad and ask for the path. The path. How do I get out of this situation? How do I get out of debt? How do I get out of this uh, children not listening to me? How do I get out of this sickness? How do I get out of this thing? Speak to me because I don't know what to do. And when they besought him for her. So that was intercessory prayers going on there. They were praying on behalf of the mother-in-law who was too sick probably to pray. Are there people in your life that you see going through things? And maybe God is holding you accountable to get their issues to him. Don't just look and say, I told him to give his life to Christ. He didn't give his life. "Eh, If He doesn't give his life. I've preached and preached. He's not listening. Maybe by your intercessory prayers and God heals the person or God reaches out to them, then they know that this God does rule in the affairs of men. And then they now begin to seek that way. Forget about, you know, sometimes people say, I've preached and preached to my father. Why don't you stop even the preaching? Pray. Because the day God is going to reach that person, it, it doesn't have to be through you. God has a way of reaching people in his own way, in his own time. He does that. I, I have experienced that. Uh, when I got saved, my, my parents weren't. And I kept preaching, hammering my dad with the word, I get on the bus because I was in college. Then I get on the bus preaching all over the place. And, you know, people get saved. And I get to my house. My dad says, you're a child. We've been in this world before you. Because my dad was very vast in the scriptures. But he wasn't saved at that time. He would bring the scriptures. We would argue scriptures. Then one day, the Holy Spirit said, those people, those are your friends that you guys hang out preaching all over the bus. Uh, unlike america you could get on the bus the long bus in nigeria and stand up once you pay your fare because you just want to preach you stand up in the bus and say i bring you greetings and you start to preach the gospel and then people who want to give their lives to christ i don't know about now but when i was 16 17 18 even up to 20 i was going on and it was okay so we stand up and the rest of the group will be praying. We've paid our fare. They can't kick us out of the bus. We preach and they have to listen from that bus stop to the, the next bus stop. They are forced to listen to us. So the Holy Spirit said, why don't you get this group of people to go with you to the house? Maybe. So we planned it because I was in college, but my college was in Lagos also. So we went home. They came with me, my group of friends. And they sat down. We started going back and forth, back and forth. And my dad brought out his big Bible. You know those people that are not believers in Christ, they have the biggest Bible. He brought out his Bible and he was going toe-to-toe with us. But something happened to him that day. He didn't give his life to Christ that day, but something happened. Because the day he was ready to give his life to Christ, he called me and said, I'm looking for a church to go to. You're asking me? Born again? which church to go to, I said, follow me, as I follow Christ. And then we went to the church, that later became his church. And so, we went there, and the man of God was preaching. Same things we've been saying to him, the man preach, 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 if you want to give your life to Christ today, rise up. And I saw everybody in my family standing up. And I was telling myself, but that's what I've been saying to them every day. That's what, they didn't listen to me. That's what, how come, what did he say differently? nothing it was the day of their salvation and they stepped out until today they've not had any reason to go back They besought jesus for her and he stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her and immediately she arose and ministered unto them the person who was sick so sick she had a great fever when they besought jesus for her when they sought jesus the way the truth and the life for her He came and... So Jesus could have been in that house and that woman would have still been sick because nobody asked. Nobody asked for the old path. Nobody asked for the way. He could have gone there and had a social gathering with them, eat some pepper soup and and yam or salad and uh, what will I say? Give me a Mexican food. (laughs) Tacos. He could have had tacos with them. Eat pepper soup if he's African. uh, Eat salads and, and go home. Because nobody asked him. But they besought him. They didn't take it for granted that he was in their home. They felt that he was in their home and there was a purpose for that visit. And they sought him. And when they sought him, he reached out and prayed over her. That same woman stood up and began to minister to him. You know, she was so excited that, oh, I'm healed now. Nothing stops me. Let me go make a big feast for this Jesus. And Jesus enjoyed himself. I'm sure he he had a a fun time in Peter's house. Don't take God for granted. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So whatever crossroads we are in, I don't know what crossroads. Crossroads, um, maybe decision about something, maybe to move from one city to the other is a crossroad for you. Even if you had a good job offer, is that the way to go? There's a question. Ask God. Let God answer it. Uh, I told God, before I got married, I said, because I worked in church for over 10 years. It was a big church. And I said, God, you know, sometimes when you speak, I can't hear you. I don't understand. So whatever you need to do to make it clear that even the deaf person around me will know that, this is your will for me. I don't want to make a mistake in this. You know, you know what I said to myself. I said, if I marry an unbeliever, somebody who doesn't know God, uh, his father is the devil. I don't have any relationship with the father. So if there is a problem, I don't have somebody I could go tell that. Hey, your son's acting up. <laughs> but if I marry a Christian, then I can tell God, what's wrong with your son? Deal with him. So I can't afford to marry an unbeliever. That's one. And then, uh, if you if you if you take God like that literally, that you don't have any other alternative plan. Because sometimes they say uh, uh, you have to have plan A, plan B, plan C. Let your whole plan be the way. That path. That old, ancient path. Let it be that you are so focused and you are saying to yourself, you see that woman with the issue of blood, she had no other place to go. She had gone everywhere. There was no solution. So she was stuck. You see that Jesus healed her or she dies. I'm sure her family members had run away from her and she didn't have anywhere else to go. So she was just focused on Christ and Christ came through for her. I want us at our individual crossroads to focus on Christ. Because He's the only answer. He's, there's no other answer, I'm telling you. When I was going through these crossroads, in the I had so many solutions being thrown at me. So much so that I'm now asking, okay, what's the difference between me and an unbeliever if I take these actions? I begin to ask myself, I'd rather be a fool for Christ than be so wise in my own self and at the end of the day, I miss it. Because the whole thing that the enemy is trying to do is to make sure you miss heaven. So if you are in a marriage relationship or in your children's relationship and it looks like things are not working out, or your friends, it's not working out, and you are at that crossroad, don't let what they are doing to you push you to a place where you can't even identify yourself. You are looking at yourself and saying, okay, why am I doing this? What's going on here? Let them call. Let people call you the fool. Because the enemy is not even about you getting houses, cars and all that. He's about you not making heaven. He wants to depopulate heaven. That's his plan. Don't let him do that. It's too late. Tell yourself that it's too late for you to go back now and, and, and leave Christ. I am not going anywhere. I am uh, sold out. Anywhere, if God, whatever God allows to happen, I just use the word because the word is still the way. I use the word, apply it to my life and keep moving. And, and since I did that, I'm telling you, I've had so much joy and peace. Any news I hear and I just say, glory be to God. Hallelujah. God is faithful. God is good. And you know what? They can't hear, oh, she said this, she said that. When, they, when people start saying it, I say, you know what? God is blessing you. I'm, I'm just focused now on moving forward, moving forward. And when you do that, I'm telling you, even this situation, you start to see a change. Because God knows you're sold out to him. And no matter what the enemy does, you still know that he is the way. He's the ancient path. He's the only one you can depend on. He's the only one that can save you. Nobody else, nobody else can help you. I'm telling you, your father, mother, grandmother, everybody gra- they can go back on you. Your husband, your wife, they can go back on you. And like Pastor Angela says, there's no marriage in heaven. It's between us and Jesus. So if your spouse is the one causing problem for you, focus on Jesus. Treat the spouse as Jesus would treat him. And I'm sure with love. So even if the spouse is not doing the right thing, still love them. The Bible says love your enemies. And what does that do? Have you read, the Bible says love your enemies. It says when you love them, pray for them. You are heaping coals of fire on them. I don't understand that. It says when you are loving them, you're showing them love, you're actually heaping coals of fire. So that's the the greatest revenge. Because then you're not sinning against God. You're loving God. You're loving them. But you're heaping coals of fire on them. It's a win-win situation. So, (laughs) let us bow down our heads and let's talk to God. Whatever it is that is your crossroad, my crossroad is different from yours, Um, talk to God about it. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's able, no matter how old the problem is, there was a woman in the scriptures that had been bombarded by demons for 18 years but her encounter with Jesus brought deliverance for her 18 years this woman with the issue of blood was 12 years those are long you might think it's easy it's not for 12 years she was going with the same problem but when she met with Jesus she found the way she pressed into the way Jesus brought healing to her whatever it is tonight, it looks like there's no way out. But Jesus remains the way, the ultimate way, the only way to that deliverance for you. Talk to God about it. It could be your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your spouse, your mortgage, your health. Whatever it is tonight, talk to God about it. At this crossroad, He is there to show you the old path the narrow way. And so, Father God, we thank you. We bless you because you are a faithful God. We give you praise because you are the only way, the only way, the only way for salvation, the only way for holiness, the only way for prosperity. And we choose to follow your path tonight. We choose to follow the old path tonight. Lord, we ask that you help us daily. ...to seek you, to press into you, to pray, to study your word, to know you more daily. As the deer pants for the waters, our souls are panting and and, and pressing into you. Help us, O God, to know you more. Lord, we lift up these prayer requests that are in this bowl. We lift them up before you. And we say, even as these ones have sought you, they believe you can do what you said you would do. And they've written out their heart's desire... And we have said that before the end of this year, they will see their, their requests being made known to them. Father, tonight, O oh God, we ask that they come alive, that people will begin to testify of your goodness in their lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.